Okay, hello everyone, and welcome back to Sam.gov Bids Live, episode number 32. We're hanging out today where we walk through small business solicitations together on Sam and answer your questions along the way so that you too can get started bidding and winning contracts on Sam.gov for your small business. So today, guys, we do have five small business solicitations that we do have pulled up on Sam.gov that we will be jumping into in just a second. But if you are new here and you don't want to miss future Sam.gov bids episodes, just like today, make sure you subscribe to the channel and you click that notification bell so that you can ask your questions live on future streams. And if you do happen to be somebody who's recently registered your business in Sam.gov, you're trying to figure this stuff out, you're looking to get started bidding, check out my website, govkidmethod.com. If you haven't yet, for free and paid resources that were designed, to help and support new federal contractors just like you. Now today, guys, if this is your first time hanging out with us live, let us know in the chat. Also, um, where are you? Uh, what state are you representing today? So where are you at in the world? Where are we hanging out from? Let us know that in the chat. And in the meantime, I will go ahead and give you a sneak peek at the bids we're going to be diving into today. So the first is going to be waste services for the Navy. Number two, annual fire alarm monitoring services, base plus four options for the Department of Agriculture. <clears throat> we do have tree removal and land clearing and mowing, it looks like, for the Department of the Interior. Number four, we have janitorial services at Kerrville, Texas. And then lastly, we have gate attendant services as a BPA blanket purchase agreement over at Lake Shelbyville, Illinois. So who do we got hanging out with us today? We have Kathleen Lewis. This is my first live. I've been watching videos. Hey, awesome, Kathleen. Welcome, and thanks for hanging out, and congrats for catching us live. Jacob Gobert. Derek, thank you for your videos. Currently trying to fulfill my first contract. Awesome. For 125 hotel rooms. Nice. Would I pay the hotel up front, or would the government? Payments are confusing me. No, you have to you have to pay the hotel the government will reimburse you for that uh dr leticia bid team member hope all is well with you as well thanks for hanging out today good morning adam uh you got it just started my llc and i'm new to this and i'm a good fit to the courses you provide i'm green 100 adam thanks for hanging out with us today and you'll you'll get there definitely just keep working at it uh jacob hanging out from dallas annie from oklahoma kathleen from philly pennsylvania adam out of illinois Dr. Leticia out of St. Cloud, Florida, of course. Got Angelica here from Dominion REI. Welcome back, uh, Angelica. We got KW hanging out with us again. Lala from Alabama, nice. Kevin from, well, just Kevin saying hello. What's going on, Kevin? <laughs> Mo Better TV hanging out with us as always as well. Uh, Sydney V from Illinois. Uh, what? Who else we got here? Rest and Restore out of Houston. Blue Dot Marketers, uh, first live, awesome. And you're in the middleman training as well. Welcome. Hope you're you're loving it as well. Good to see you, Blue Dot, for hanging out with us. MMIMS as well. Um, Valerie. Val here from Miami, Florida. Nice. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out. And we're going to go ahead and uh, get into this in just a second here. Just so you know, we don't look any at any of these bids ahead of time. These are totally raw, unfiltered. I don't try to cherry pick any perfect bids. I have not looked at these ahead of time. This way we can go through it all together for the first time. That way, in case something is looking, you know, 
off or strange, uh, we go through it together because that's really what you're going to be up against doing this on your own as well. I always say every bit is different. So we really try to be a true testament of that. So we're going to go ahead and dive in with uh, bid number one. And as you guys have questions, feel free to go ahead and put those in the chat. Also, if you have anything to celebrate, if you want a recent contract, you you submitted your first bid, anything like that that you want to celebrate, definitely let's hype that up in, in the chat as well. And the way it works is I will get to those in between bids. So bid one, then we'll go to the chat bid two, back to the chat, so on and so forth. We'll do that for about an hour if this is your first time hanging out. So again, bid number one, Waste Services Department of the Navy. This bid is actually due on the 16th, which is today. So this is not a great live bid per se, because we have no time to go after this. So uh, we'll look for this to be more of a learning example, right? This is small business set aside. Uh, NAICS code 562111, solid waste collection. This is out of Newport, North Carolina. Again, the title is only waste services. So we don't know exactly what that's saying. You know, waste removal services, you know, very likely, but we don't necessarily make the assumption just yet. In terms of documents, all we have is a request for quote and a wage termination. So I'm gonna, you know, emphasize the RFQ doc here, solicitation doc, Adam Dillard and Elliot Huertes, um, primary and secondary POCs and contacting with us today. And this is actually being contracted out of Camp Lejeune. So let's go ahead and see what the solicitation doc RFQ looks like. So this is a standard SF-1449 form. Guys, I always say read these because if you're not sure what the set aside is, just a side note, see the little boxes here, contracting will check it. Or if there's a mismatch, you, you need to make sure and go with what is checked in here versus you know the set aside that's listed on the Sambeck of listing page, or if there's a mismatch, you definitely want to uh, like call that out. So just getting to know your forms a little bit better, knowing what they uh, they stand for and the information that they hold. You can see the due date specifically is here. If you're ever wanting to find the specific time, we knew that this was due today, but it didn't jump out to us what the time was. It's just another little detail as you, again, get to become more familiar with your forms. They usually squeeze that, that local time deadline in there as well. But anyways, that's just the SF-1449 form. We go right into a statement of work. And again, waste services, we don't really know what to expect. So here they're, they're titling this portable toilet, hand wash station and roll on roll off container services. So it almost sounds like waste services, it's not waste removal, but we're kind of providing uh, equipment, containers, etc. cetera, uh, almost like porter potties comes to mind. I'm not hundred percent sure, but they are saying portable toilets. So there's a requirement for the rental of portable toilets and hand washing stations, exactly, and gray water disposal to support the Marines and sailors during this uh, exercise training they have coming up, the realistic urban training, the RUT 3 training, uh, and that's going to go from uh, March 2 to March 18th. So just a little over a two-week span there. And so they're going to bring a bunch of military folks, and they're going to do their training, and they're going to need this support on site. So that's how... This is reading this is how you can kind of start to put together this picture in your in your mind they're giving you the locations and those dates so it's going to be multiple locations not just one but here's the portable toilet rental they're breaking that down again this is the statement of work and then the hand washing stations so breaking that out separately as well we're likely going to come into some sort of pricing table pricing clin that we're going to need to refer back to these uh, these breakdowns as well, but we're just going to kind of uh, see see what we have. We're just going to keep rolling with it. Uh, 
Here, they're giving us more specific duties, activities. You definitely want to make sure that you read that. And also guys, let me know in the chat. Uh, I got a little bit of music on in the background. It's a new feature with my streaming service. I have it so low. I don't know if you can even hear it. If you can't hear it, that's fine. But if you can hear it a little bit, let me know. And let me know if it's like annoying or if it's, you know, distracting uh, or if it's something that you like and it provides a little bit of mood music. It's kind of what I was testing. And it's something that you think that we should keep. So if you can hear it at a reasonable volume, don't crank it all the way up because that won't be a realistic. Just let me know that in the chat and I'll check that out when we, we finish this, this first bid review. Okay. So again, going through our statement of work, uh, activities, tasks, we're hit with this yellow, uh, highlighted paragraph seems important. Let's see what it's telling us. All contractors will be able to exchange their current uh, gate credentials at Camp Lejeune. Okay. The office, if contractor requires flight line access, they must exchange your credentials. Okay. So there's going to be access getting on and off base with flight line access as well. All right. The referencing June 20, uh, 2018 here. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're looking for the pricing claims and that is what we have next. Quantity is 136 and that's for the toilets. I'm curious. And, and then again, before we move on 70 of the hand washing, hand washing stations as well, and eight of the water tanks. Coming back to the statement of work, how is that going to match up? I don't know. I haven't seen this yet. So coming back, how does this match up? Does it, how well does it match up? So portable toilets, they did give us a breakdown of numbers, units per location with a total of 136. I believe that was the number we just looked at. I know we just saw 70 hand washing stations. So we know that this is the breakdown and that all adds up. So that, that makes for very, very nice pricing. Okay. Then we have eight of the containers. So it looks like everything is lining up very nicely for us with these pricing cleanse. So again, 136 here, 136 there, 70, 70, eight, eight. And then just the, the service of the water tank right here. Oh, also 10, um, yard dumpsters. They want those. 30 yard dumpsters, four of those, not a big deal. There is no option years with this. Again, this is a vent over a couple, uh, a span of a couple of weeks. So this is basically get the stuff there, maintain it for a couple of weeks. Again, like swap out as needed, same with the dumpsters. And then when it's over, it's over. Okay, you do a good job, you get paid, you get past performance. Hopefully you made a little bit of money on this. Hopefully you didn't, you know, misquote it or underquote it or your subs didn't screw you over and you had to find, you know, higher pricing or something like that. Hopefully none of that happens. And yeah, like that's, that's kind of how this is going to go down. Not overly intimidating, right? Cause this is a bid that is uh, rather intuitive. You know, most of us know what porter potties are and dumpsters um, and then the service there. And we can imagine, you know, to have that taken care of. And guess what? There are companies out there that do just this. Okay. And if, you know, they do everything, but say like the dumpsters, well, you just contact a dumpster company, give them the location figure out the base access and you get it delivered, right? And then you get it swapped out as needed. So if you need to, you know, work with two subcontractors on this, you can, if you're going to self-perform something like this, you're going to kind of have to be a business that does this stuff. And most probably are not. So likely you would be subcontracting this. You would be doing some sort of legal middlemanning where uh, you're managing the contract. Again, are we able to do this? Uh, well, it's a small business set aside. We're a small business. We're going to work with, and we're going to try and find a subcontractor that does this. That is also a small business 
because why does anybody know in the chat why can we do a legal middleman on this working with another small business when this is set aside for small businesses i'll give you guys 20 seconds or so to answer that there because there's a, a specific term i'm referring to three words i'm looking for three words as to why you can 100 legally middleman this with another small business Anyways, let's go ahead and kind of the last thing I'm looking for right now for this quick bid review on this one is our instruction offers, our evaluation factors, what is being requested of us to have a compliant bid response. We do see evaluation. I don't know if I missed the instructions or we just didn't have them. Yeah, we didn't have them. So it looks like they're going to be more one in the same and every bid is different guys. So you'll see sometimes contracting will kind of like smash these together or they'll put the evaluation before the instructions. But we can see here, whoa, <laughs> something just happened. Are we good? Okay. I think we're good. Is this the same bid? Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, things just went backwards. All right. Let me get back to where we were. Apologies about that. So they're telling us exactly what they want in the bid here. As soon as I get back to the page that I was on. Yeah. Okay. So for, for future reference, page 18. So evaluation. Evaluation of the technical approach will be based on, upon the context in which the vendor thoroughly and accurately describes the overall technical solution. It is the government's intention to issue a single firm fixed price contract. Okay. The government will award a single contract resulting from this based on what's most advantageous to the government, price, and other factors considered. Basis of award will be based on price, number one, technical capability, number two, to meet the requirements, and past performance, number three. Government reserves the right to award without discussion. Price, they're telling you you want in your price quote. So, so they started with the valuation. Now they're backing into how they want you to give it to them, which is it's usually section L, then M. Basically, what they're doing is section M, then L. But it's okay. That's why you guys need to learn how to read. And again, the answer was similarly situated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam nailed it. Michael nailed it. Uh, CZ Trucking, uh, different, different comment. Yeah, so a couple of you guys nailed it. Similarly situated. That's why this one is able to be... 100% uh, legally middleman, small business working with a small business that's set aside for small business. The money's going to go for small businesses, and that's what the set aside means. That's what they're looking for. If you give it to a large, more than 50%, you are not going to be meeting the minimum limits on subcontracting, right? So anyways, for the price they're telling us, quote, must reflect unit prices. We already looked at that because the pricing cleanse, you know, the 136, the... The 70, how good is my memory? The eight, the one, and then the, the four, uh, 30 yards, et cetera, et cetera. All those things we looked at. Pricing is going to want to reflect that. And you want it to be face value pricing, not uh, anything that's going to be bloated or unbalanced pricing, fair and reasonable pricing. All these things you want to consider to your pricing strategy. Number two, technical capability. What do they want for your technical? The vendor shall provide CAPE statement. Okay, they're actually, one of the few times they're actually asking for a CAPE statement slash performance plan those are very two different things so i would give them a cape statement and a performance plan that demonstrates your ability to provide the required services in the solicitation the vendor should address their experience providing this type of service along with equipment supplied and other relevant information for this you are going to be probably talking about teaming with the subcontractor and you're going to be talking about how they're going to meet the needs of the requirement and you're going to be involved managing the requirement and in anything else that your company does do that pertains to this obviously add that in as well 
And then number three, past performance, government will review past performance via SPRS. The government has a right to obtain past performance. Uh, so yeah, if you, so really like SPRS, if you don't have any, you're not going to be in the system. You could cite like three past performances or your subs, right? Past performances and just put it in your technical quote. I, uh, I would encourage to do that if you didn't have anything in the system. And again, they're just kind of repeating what they want here. Price, technical, FAR clauses, make sure you're registered in SAM, make sure you have your cage code. Fill out the SF1449 form and the rest of this is gonna be those reps and certs. Yeah, okay. So we only had the one attachment. That's why I spent a lot more time on that one attachment. We will go ahead and move to the chat now, guys. That was about it for that bid as much as we can, you know, a lot during our limited time together today. Let me go ahead and get caught up in the chat here. And welcome, guys, if you're hanging out with us, you just joined. If this is your first live, uh, welcome. All right, cool. Law says the music was good. Dominion says can't hear it. Yeah, I do have it very low. Marketing boardroom says it's it sounds good. It's smooth. Nice. I'm look smooth is like a good a good thing that you're looking for. Uh, yeah, I want it to be like so low that you almost can't hear it. Val, uh, Val says, I can hear the music. I like it. Nice. Thanks, Val. Thanks for the feedback. Jacob says, what's the easiest way to get funding for a larger contract? Um, you can get funding through factoring. You can get SBA loans. You can do credit card financing or depending on what the contract is and what you're required to perform. If you are working with a subcontractor in the terms of a supplier or manufacturer or anything like that, so you're providing products or, or some larger scale project, they too may have their own financing built in so that you don't have to go to an outside, you know, financing, you know, uh, solution. Like I said, factoring, SBA loans, credit cards, things like that. And you guys nailed it with similarly situated entities. Uh, let's see here. Scrolling through Rick, triple seven, triple eight. Rick, question, is it common or possible to respond to a source of salt and get awarded without it going to open a competition? So yeah, responding to a source of salt, can you be awarded? You can uh, through the mechanism of a sole source. And this is most successfully completed through the 8A program. So it is, it is a very effective strategy and also one that I've done myself personally because we were an 8A company that I worked for. Uh, very effective very powerful. The 8A program is massive and you can put a lot of your activity, time and focus into responding to source of sought notices and requesting a sole source, sending an SBA search letter. There's a number of different things that tie into that strategy that is not just bidding and playing the numbers game, but for everybody else, which is why I don't really focus on that for everybody else who's not in the 8A program, trying to knock down sole sources, you know, and, and it's very relationship based as well get into the requirement on the early end, you can only do that through sole sourcing, right? In order to get a sole source, the primary way that they do that is through the 8A program. Technically, um, you can sole source through woman-owned woman and hub-zone, but we just don't see contracting utilizing those a whole lot at all. I don't even really uh, try at this, this stage, unless you have some sort of crazy strong relationship and you're not in the 8A program for some reason. So yeah, that's, that's kind, of, kind of my thoughts on that. MM, uh, IMS. We responded to our first RFQ last week. Nice. Let's go. Waiting to get a response. It was very exciting. Milestone along our journey. Thanks for all the great advice you gave. 100%. And congrats. That is a huge milestone. Thanks for sharing and keep at it. Definitely, um, you know, keep us posted as well. If if you uh, anything great comes out of it, if either way, though, 
you just make sure that you're you're learning from this experience and you're rolling it over uh into your future bids as well blue dot marketers why are they asking for dunce code it's an old copy and paste thing in there dunce code has been dead since last april as a requirement for govcon um as you know it's going to be that unique uh entity id number instead cool guys let's keep it rolling go ahead and move on to our second bid for today which is annual fire alarm monitoring service it's gonna be a base plus four option years i think is what they're trying to say here department of agriculture this is due february 17th so this is due tomorrow okay so we're, we're cutting the timelines uh it's not even a cut they're basically impossible timelines at this stage but it's okay we can still learn a lot from them right set aside is also small business set aside 561-621 security system services NAICS code place of performance is going to be tifton georgia and we see here we're hit with 11 questions right out of the gate and then let me see here we have four documents we have a questions and answer doc a wage determination looks like some uh, solicitation doc and statement of work so we'll check that out in a minute i want to see what these questions are who is the great question uh starting off who is the incumbent currently providing these services who is the incumbent you don't want you don't know what the incumbent is you don't know what that means it means the company that's already providing the service and they're giving you the company name action alarms so action alarms is already doing this and depending how it was awarded to them initially they may be uh recompeting for this again what is the most recent contract date number and amount there is no contract so that's interesting right they're saying this company is doing it without a contract i I find that hard to believe. I think there's some sort of miscommunication happening here. Let me just zoom in more than I usually would since we're spending a minute on this page. What type of systems are present? Man, uh, Honeywell. Are the most recent annual inspections available? Okay, let's see. Site visit. Okay. The rest of it's going to be more specific type uh, questions related to the job itself. So we'll kind of move on from those. Base plus four option years. Yes. In order to be considered for award, they want a quote on company letterhead detailing the item description, unit price per item, discount for trade-ins, total price, and make your quote valid for at least 60 days. That's number one. Number two, reps and certs, registered in SAM.gov. Very, I mean, this is extremely straightforward. It's like price only. It's like a true RFQ, just with a, a further description of the items to make sure that you're, you're pricing this apples to apples if, you, if you're not doing that that means you're not compliant and your quote will be rejected don't see anything else jumping out to me so we'll just go ahead and see what the documents have for us uh i'm gonna show off this question doc just to kind of hope here that it's yeah it's just a copy and paste job of what they had looks like this isn't even fully up to date because there's only seven questions here and we had 11 questions in the listing page so not really missing anything there next most important here for me right now is i do want to look at the solicitation doc and the statement of work this is 19 pages and this is actually not the solicitation doc these are just the the reps inserts and far clauses i assumed that it was solicitation doc because it said uh clauses plus solicitation 
So really, that's why they're telling you guys what the way they want the quote, because that's that's all you're going to get. All you have is a statement of work, which is this eight pages and then the jargon here. So this is very, very high level. OK, this is not proposal writing. This is just quoting. This is something that your company's ever interested in finding ones like this. It's does not require a lot in the terms of a response. Of course, you want to accurate uh, price accurately, attend site visit, get multiple quotes. If you're not self-performing this, etc. But again, the proposal piece of this is basically non-existent. It's just a quote. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. It's just not much to, to go over. Okay. So the statement of work is the details of the job itself. And that's really about what we have for this one. We have a wage determination and that was the only doc that we didn't open up. All right. So guys, keep the questions coming in as you have them. Anybody else? Are you celebrating anything this week or this month? Anything going well uh, for your business? Maybe you want a contract, submit your first bid. We got a few people uh, so far that are celebrating um, some some really good progress in their uh, their business thus far. And thank you for sharing that. We'll just keep the train rolling if we don't have anything yet. JOFL tree removal, land clearing, and mowing. Get a drink here. And by the way, guys, if you are if you're enjoying this, you get you get value from these. Smash the like button on the video. It lets me know that you enjoy these, and it also lets the algorithm know that it should show it to other people. Of course, we want to get the word out. So smash the like button if you're getting value from this, and let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Every, uh, everything by John was saying. I just caught this out of the corner of my eye. Uh, Darn, you think I can find subs and submit this today? Uh, I would not recommend it. Annie's saying, if you miss a schedule site visit, will they let you reschedule an individual site visit? Not typically. You can always ask Annie. But yeah, the uh, the, uh, the site visit is, is going to be key for something like this to get that information. Or if you're working with subs, you don't want to quote this without it. So yeah, I think the site visit is is everything. And the fact that this is due tomorrow, you just you're not going to have time. You're not going to have time. This is why you guys want to have your searches set so that you can, you know, even if it's only two weeks, you got to go after it. You you can kind of, you know, get on top of it. Even one week, something like this. You can get in on the site visit, put the quote in and see what happens. Right. Moving on. Tree removal, land clearing and mowing. National Park Service. So this is due March 1st. Okay. So there is a couple week lead time on this one. Small business set aside once again, landscaping services, 561730, NAICS code. Place performance, uh, it's going to be, I guess it's South Fork, Pennsylvania. Nice. In terms of attachments, we have a couple here. Original solicitation document. We have statement of work. We have a appendix for stump and debris removal. Another wage termination, we have Amendment 1, Amendment 2. So some changes, Amendment 3 up here as well. What is this? And then another appendix for something treatment. So we'll see what we can get into, what kind of trouble we can get into. And uh, we'll go ahead and, and look at the solicitation document to kick things off. 
37 pages, guys. You can see no SF1449 form here. Oh, wait. It's on page three. Okay. Getting ahead of myself. But just was about to say every bit is different. That's why the more volume, the more repetitions, just the more practice you can get on on these, the more confidence is going to go through the roof because you find very definitively over time, over lots and lots of practice, that uh, there are the same things you see over and over again. And that starts to stand out and stack as you see it again and again and again. And then there's the things that you, we don't really see very often. And those are more variable type type things. So we become confident on the things that we see very often, which, you know, builds our, uh, our morale when going after these bids. Cause the psychological piece, the mental piece is, is huge in, in bidding and going after contracts because you have to put some numbers on the board, right? You don't win every bid that you go after, not even close anyways. Johnstown, Flood National Memorial, Lake Bed Maintenance. Again, we're looking at tree removal, land clearing, mowing. The work is going to start March 1st and go through February 29th of next year. I guess next year is going to be a leap year. Good to know. What else do we have? The order of magnitude for this project is estimated to be 100,000 to 250,000. What does that tell us, guys? 100K to 250K. What does this tell us? This is telling us this is uh, below simplified acquisition threshold. Okay. Below simplified acquisition threshold. If we're talking about legal middlemaning, what does that mean? Any contracts that are below simplified acquisition threshold, limitations on subcontracting do not even apply as is written in the federal acquisition regulations, which means you could literally take this contract and have Boeing fulfill it. You could have a large business fulfill it, not that they would be interested in that at all, but you could have anybody do this. There's no limits on subcontracting. It's just uh, beneath that simplified acquisition threshold. It is too small for contracting to be concerned with this quote unquote small amount of money and, and where it's going, okay? I mean, additionally, it's also helpful to know the, the ballpark of the job that it's going to be awarded for anyways, because they're giving you that ballpark too. So moving on, SF1449 form. Do we have pricing cleanse? Looks like they're kicking in here. Yeah. Okay. So we know that because it's the base. We're repeating the period of performance starting March 1st, going through February of next year for the base at least. Above that, we do see the source selection is lowest price technically acceptable, meaning the lowest bidder that is first found to be technically acceptable will win this contract. That's how you put together a winning uh, winning proposal or winning quote. Site visit is February 9th, already missed that. So you could ask to see if you could get, I know, uh, I think it was Annie had the, Annie had the uh, question earlier about if you miss the site visit, again, you can always ask, but if you do miss it, it is highly possible that you just missed it. Site visits are not always mandatory. So you, you know, in that event, you could price this, you could quote this without the site visit, but then you're operating at a risk, especially if you're working with subs, you want to make sure you're not misquoting something. So at that point, it becomes a business decision. If you miss the site visit and you're still able to bid if you want to or not. Base contract, tree, uh, tree, brush. Can you guys see this? Tree, brush, stump removal. And then they're uh, citing 4.0 4 task out of the statement of work as well. Option. What is the period for the option? 
Because we just saw the one year, right? The option is May through February of next year. So that's a little confusing for me. Yeah, it's a little confusing. So March 1st of this year through February of next year is the base period. Then they're saying the option period is May of this year through February of next year. So this is some strange overlap happening. It's possible I'm misunderstanding. It's also possible that there is a, a fudging of the dates. Not sure. It's something I would ask the question or I'd inquire about. Typically not, 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 not typical. Yeah. Typically not typical. Okay. Point of contacts. Let me zoom out a little bit so we can pick the speed up here and keep the train rolling. Okay. Cover telecom. Uh, so we passed our reps and certs and our regulations, and then that lands us nicely up to our evaluation, which is more like a technical piece, uh, instruction offers piece rather. So they're telling us non-price technical factor one, technical capability limited to five pages. We just kind of kind of go through this really quickly and then we can come back. They're saying, for example, they want a, an AHA plan or a, a JHA plan, safety plan, emergency plan for the non-price technical piece, non-price technical factor two, they want a staffing plan, non-factor, uh, non-price factor number three, past performance, and then price. Quote will be based on price reasonableness. We know it's 150 to 250K. The quote will also be used to aid in determining that you understand the requirements, of course. And they want a price quote for each of these two line items that we looked at. Okay, 10 and 20, 0010, 0020 on the SF1449 form. We're on page 21 right now. So coming back to the SF1449 form, this is why we had to find this because they kind of just copy and pasted all that in there. And then here we go. Okay, so technically you could go ahead and input on the form your price here and here for the 0010 and 0020 for the, the pricing cleanse on these two. Again, I still have the question about this, this option contract option part of the contract. So, uh, let's still want to get that clarified first. That's the price piece. And then again, for the technical piece, they want basically this technical piece here with a safety plan, emergency plan, uh, and a JHA. So that's kind of number one, number two, staffing plan, number three, past performance. So that's going to make up the technical. And then there's the price piece that we just went over. Instruction, again, strange day today. It's kind of like a backwards day. We're leading with evaluation and then we're going into instructions offer evaluation. So they're kind of swapping those or flip-flopping those, but that's okay. As long as we find it, it all ends up being the same. They're giving you a checklist. Basically everything that we just went through, fill out the pricing cleanse, uh, print date and sign the SF 1449 form. A lot of the stuff we talk about here on the channel. the work plan, staffing plan, et cetera, past performance. They're kind of just fleshing out a little bit more, fill this information out as well. And that's about it. So not a crazy response, not terribly proposal heavy whatsoever, but just kind of a standard technical past performance and price is what you could expect on going after this contract. There were a couple of amendments. 
take a quick second on those so we can go ahead and wrap this one up. For guys, anytime you have amendments, you have to formally acknowledge those, print date and sign, uh, box eight here, and the boxes 15 below. So they extended the due date. Also extending questions. And that's about it for amendment three. There's amendment one and two. I don't, it's probably pushing the date back. It's probably the same thing. Okay, amendment one is issued to remove any reference to the order of magnitude. That's actually very interesting. They're taking out the 100, 250K, which means the job potentially could be larger than the simplified acquisition threshold. So that's an interesting amendment that they specifically sniped that out. What is the story going on behind the scenes there? We don't know, but we can speculate. Then amendment number two is to add to the statement of work, this uh, Appendix B CLR treatment lake bed zones. And that's, I believe, yeah, this attachment B document here. So they added this, this is what amendment two is. So you have to uh, print date and sign all the amendments. You have to acknowledge all the amendments you always do because contracting needs to know that your your final evaluated price, the final price that you're submitting that they're evaluating is based on all of the changes, not just the original solicitation. Okay, makes sense? All right, guys, let me go ahead and get a drink here, catch my breath, and we'll get go ahead and get caught up with the chat. I talk so fast to go through these it seems to be fine for you guys, but <laughs> sometimes I, I run out of breath. All right, let's go ahead and get caught back up. Um, let's see. Sandman was here. Do you give private coaching? I, I recently uh, did add that to the offering. We kind of brought back one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, if you're wanting to invest in your in business, it is an investment. Just check out my website, govkidmethod.com. You can find all my services there. Kevin Sullivan, very good information. You're generous in sharing your knowledge. Hey, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. I'm glad it helps. And honestly, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to offer more than what other people, I guess, put behind a paywall. And then you're kind of disappointed. So I just want to showcase the, the quality of what we have to offer and what we can help you with if you're looking for help down the road. And if all the help you need is what we offer here on the channel and through these episodes, then that's terrific. You know, we're kind of trying to change the world here, you know, one business at a time. Deborah Hammond, uh, I have a mobile contracting cleaning business in uh, mobile pressure washing, looking for contracts. You definitely check it out. It is rather niche and rather specific. I always say just because you do something in the commercial space doesn't mean the government is buying that, especially the federal government on SAM is buying that the way that you offer it in the commercial space. So spend some time play around with next codes, keywords, PSC codes, see what comes up. If you're just not finding anything or much of anything, it could be an indication to you that the government's not buying a lot of it. You also want to make sure you do this at least over a period of a couple months or a quarter, because just doing it over a couple of days or even a week could be very limited, especially if you do it during the slow seasons, which we're coming out of. So you want to make sure you're factoring in all variables when you're testing a proof of concept. I, I say that, you know, we all know the federal, you know, the federal government is the world's largest customer and they buy a lot of everything, but you need to make sure when you're setting up your, say your umbrella or your strategy, your, your capabilities and your offering to the government, you need to make sure that that's 
working backwards from what they need, not like pushing forward with what you want to sell because nobody may want to buy from you. You know what I'm saying? So you have to look at it that way. see uh carol says i need to apply for business credit card how can i do it can you help me with it no i cannot um you could usually apply to any bank or any credit card services it's just a typical credit card application um can you send me a link for the website for akira i i yeah no i can't it's at the wrong channel i'm not a I'm not a financing channel at, at all i can't really help you with anything like getting the credit cards um what better tv for those that started a federal GovCon business with civilian only past performance. How did you navigate the proposal and quote process? How did you showcase your past performance? So um, I'll let others weigh in on this, but uh, Mo Better TV, it's a good question. You don't, it's not the chicken and the egg thing. So you don't have to have Gov, GovCon government contracting experience contracts to list as past performance. You can list previous companies. So anything that you've done in the past, you can technically use that technically, meaning literally use that per the FAR. You can also use any past performance that any key employees have on the contract that are going to be performing on the contract, anything that they've, they've done. Right. And that I'm saying that to say, if that's you, then you can use your personal past performance that way as well. Okay. And then of course, anything you've done in the commercial space, that's not a uh, city, state, local, federal related, just anything that's B2B, B2C. You can list all that as well. So you, you just list it. You list it the same way you would list a government contract uh, past performance. Just it's not the chicken and the egg thing that it appears. Dominion says, "I'm hearing the music now. Nice, nice. I like it. Okay, cool. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll keep it. I haven't heard anybody complaining about it. I didn't want it to be too loud. Usually, music can be annoying, right?" Blue dot marketers, how easy to obtain subs past performance information? Uh, it shouldn't be too hard. Uh, you got to make sure that they're willing to share it with you to include in the proposal. You just let them, you, you educate the sub. Okay. You need to let them know you don't need to hide. You cannot hide. It's imperative guys. You do not hide that this is a government contract. If you're hiding it, that's just some sort of insecurity that you're having. You need to give the subs full information. So you educate them that you're a prime contractor. This is what you do. You operate in all 50 states or whatever your pitch is. You let them know you're looking for long-term partners. Okay. And you've reached out to them because based on what you found on their website, et cetera, you think that they could be a good fit. You're wanting to find out if they're interested in, in long-term contracts with the government because they're based multiple option years very often. In order to do that, in order to meet the needs of the requirement to, to submit the quote, the government's going to need to see some past performance, right? And so you're, you're educating them. And then if they want to be on your team, it should be no problem for them to give that to you along with their quote. If they have qualms with that, you find that out in your first conversation or the second, depending, you feel it out. If they have qualms with that, you, you need to vet these people. Okay. We are not desperate. We are not desperate for quotes. Okay. We would rather have no business than bad business. We don't want to win a contract and then the sub backs out on us and screws us over. You know, we don't want to misquote the job based off the subs pricing and the sub like double say they double quoted, you know, they quoted twice the amount because the government has big pockets. Right. And then now we submit that and we put our, our profit and overhead or whatever on that. 
And now it gives us our business a reputation with that particular person in contracting that we have bloated pricing, that we have uh, unfair and unreasonable pricing, right? So it's much better to not have that than to have that happen to you. The way to prevent that from happening to you is, is to have those educated conversations with the subcontractors early on so that you don't waste your time in theirs. Is there a time of year more contracts are available? Yeah, so there it's really like two blocks of six months, okay? Really, which is two quarters, right? So, you know, October through December is Q1, January through March is Q2. And then the spring and summer months is Q3 and Q4. Q3 and Q4 are the, the busy season, meaning more contracts are posted on SAM.gov and just all government portal procurement websites. And the reason for that is, is at the end of the year and the beginning of the years, they submit their, their new budgets, their request for funding. Contracting doesn't know if everything's going to be funded or what funding they're going to get. So they get their money primarily, not all of it, but majority of it in the third and fourth quarters, most agencies, which is then why they can go out shopping, which is why contracts are awarded during those periods, even if they're even solicited earlier in the year, say source of sought pre-solicitations, they do that at the beginning of the year very often so that when they get the money and they're able to spend and the budget is justified in you know the spring and summer per se, those contracts can be awarded. But don't, you know, don't, I don't talk that way with a lot of emphasis because contracts are awarded year round, bids are pushed out year round. It's just the waiting becomes heavier during those months. All right, we'll take one more and then we'll, uh, We'll keep it rolling and with our next bid here, and then I'll try to keep catching up with the chat. My company does HR consulting and recruiting. Should I be able to find subs for this line of work? So if your company does that, uh, why would you need to use subs? That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Or are you saying that's what my company wants to offer, but then we want to really offer it through subs, if, if that's what you're getting at? Um, yeah, there's lots of you know commercial-based companies that provide HR consulting and recruiting. That again, you could reach out to them. You could have that educated conversation with them, letting them know you're a prime government contractor. But I would just, before doing that power solutions, what I would say is, like I said earlier, make sure you have that proof of concept first. Make sure you're finding enough contracts to go after. I don't see a lot of HR contracts on SAM.gov in the government space at all. I just don't see a lot. So it could be a branch of your umbrella, but I, it's... I believe it's too niche. I believe it's too specific to just build one thing off of to have contracts to go after year round, right? Because you got to be able to put numbers on the board to win because we don't win every contract we go after, right? So if you're winning one out of 10 or you're winning a couple out of 20, that means you need 10 or 20 contracts to bid on and go after, right? And if you don't, then you don't really have a viable business model. So do that first. Don't assume the government is buying enough. And, and if you've already done this, then, you know, beg my pardon. I beg a pardon for sure, but uh, I don't think that's the case. I don't think you're finding a lot of HR consulting and recruiting contracts, especially on SAM.gov. But I'm saying this to help you. I'm saying this to better position and align you instead of you know finding this stuff out later. So hopefully that's the way that it's received. Let's go ahead and move on to our next bid here, guys. And again, smash the like button, uh, like button, smash the like button if you're if you're getting value from this today. Janitorial services, Kerrville, Texas. 
Department of Agriculture. This is due February 23rd, so not a whole lot of time, about a week. Small business set aside, 561-720 janitorial services out of Kerrville, Texas. Documents we have are site diagram, wage determination, statement of work, solicitation doc, and one amendment. So pretty straightforward stuff. Let's just go ahead and dive into our first solicitation doc. Then we'll go ahead and look at the amendment to see what those changes were. Okay. Okay, set aside. Next code. Okay, we're, we're hit straight up with pricing cleanse. See how this looks totally different than what we looked at? This is why you need to get the volume and the repetitions in. It's a lot of the same information. It's just the way it's presented and requested is different. But we know this is a base plus four, so a five-year contract. They're just asking for not even the breakdown, but just each year and then the total. For the request for quote, they want company information and a signature. And my God, is that it? Is that it? Is that all that they want? We'll see. It's kind of looking that way. Just because some of these are easy, quote unquote, easy to go after, meaning it doesn't require a lot of proposal preparation, doesn't mean that the work is any different. Meaning you need to make sure you're still doing a very good job quoting and understanding the requirement. Okay, let's see here. See uh, instructions for preparations of the offers. Let's see if it's telling us anything different. Number one, they want a transmittal summary letter. So they want a summary cover letter with your DUNS number, cage code, TIN, and a list of the submission package contents. So that's number one. Number two, originally fully completed, so uh, print date and signed, the SF1449 form. Well, they didn't give us one yet. We'll see if it's forthcoming in the document, but they did not give us one. If we still don't have one, we will have to ask contracting for that. Number three, contractor quote pricing document. Provide detailed pricing breakout in accordance with what we saw on that first page. Evaluation, lowest price technically acceptable. Again, so you have to check these boxes. You have to have the transmittal summary letter. You have to print date and sign the SF1449 form. And you have to provide pricing on those CLINs. That's how you're going to be found technically acceptable first. And then after that, they will look at your pricing then and only then. And if you are the lowest price, then and only then, if your price is fair and reasonable, that's how you will win this contract. That's how this particular evaluation method is going to roll. They are squeezing in here. Past performance will be rated based on any CPARs you have. When I see this, it's going to be pass fail. So if you see this, if you're working with a sub, you want to include past performance, you can. But as I always say, it's interesting that they squeeze that in there. That's not really in the, uh, the first part of this evaluation. But I guess they are giving it a number two. So yeah, we'll go ahead and what's going on here we'll go ahead and and say past performance is definitely part of this it's going to be satisfactory uh or unsatisfactory acceptable or unacceptable pass fail reps and certs are also part of this and that's looking like that will be about it yeah that's about it for this one correct want to take a quick look at that amendment just for curiosity's sake here, guys. Like button smash. Let's go, Mo Better TV. Appreciate it. 
this is the amendment and the purpose for this amendment was to schedule the site visit. Site visit will be February 13th, which is three days ago. All interested vendors must meet at building three. Again, another missed site visit, but you can always try. I've seen it, like I've seen it both ways. So guys, you always ask, always be the squeaky wheel. It doesn't make you look bad. That's not the sort of thing that's gonna make you look bad. You're just, you're just asking. You wanna remain professional, but you are just asking. Okay, this is interesting. Okay, what what's going on here? Okay, I think something got crossed with with the bids or something. Okay, yeah, I somehow I went over to this the one the next bid got ahead of myself and I opened up the wrong document. So trying to finish this one up first. So yeah, diagram of the site. We will so do we have square footage in here? We don't have square footage, but it's more like a mall map where you can see all the important locations for those janitorial services, which will be further spelled out in the statement of work. So we'll see that really quick, 18 pages. With janitorial, we're always looking at frequency. So what is being done when, bio preferred preference for cleaning products as always. Okay, so matrix of services. The contractor will perform the following daily services. Okay, sweep, mop, vacuum, windows, trash, glass services, weekly services, once a week, dust, tops of desks, glass windows, restrooms, bi-weekly services. So this is what I'm talking about, the what and the when. This is very important when it comes to janitorial. And again, what's interesting about this, really the one thing that ties all this together and brings us home is, is that pricing. They're reflecting it again here, that, but that pricing was just for each year. So it was for the base year, option year one through option year four, then the total, that's it. That's as broken out as it gets. So they're not asking you to break out pricing for the individual tasks like we commonly would see in janitorial. So it's definitely something uh, interesting to not interesting. It's vital to pay attention to that for this type of bid. All right, guys, try and go ahead and get caught back up here. All right, Kenneth, uh, can you comment on RFPs, opportunities, do's and don'ts, etc.? cetera? Uh, the approach is the same. We look at RFPs and RFQs. Today, we just happen to have more RFQs with commercial leasing. Don't really look at a whole lot of commercial leasing. If you're talking about just, you know, providing space, uh, Space leases can actually be very, very different. I don't do anything with them. Uh, you do have, a, have to have a bit of uh, leasing expertise to even understand the, the knowledge with that. So if you're in leasing, that's probably something that you would be able to understand, not me. But aside from that, uh, it's the approach remains the same with pricing. If it's a quote, which they're going to want to know more of the details about the space. So you might see more of a proposal based on the space you're providing. Uh, the three common elements being technical, past performance, and price. You need to read the requirement, extract what they're asking for, use that to build your outline for your response. Make sure you're also adding any company documents and pricing uh, 
formats as well. You want to always bring that to approach to any government bid solicitation that you're finding and whatever flavor, whatever industry, whatever niche it is, is going to vary from, you know, bid to bid as well. That's where your personal expert expertise is going to need to come in to also help you sort through that. Some are more, like I'm saying, more specialized to get through than others. Leasing can be, I've also seen it be very generic as well. So it kind of, kind of just depends. MMIMS, how long do you wait to, uh, for a sub to respond within a quote before you eliminate them? I don't, I don't wait. I don't wait. I give them a deadline. So if your bid is due, say tomorrow, the 17th, I would have needed to have something from the sub, depending on how tight of a leash we were on to begin with. If it's only like two weeks to get, you know, things turned around from the time that we find it to the time that the actual proposal bid is due to the government. If it's a couple of weeks, I need at least a few days ahead of time from the sub. So if it's the 17th, we need it from the sub by like the 14th, maybe the 15th, more involved proposals, more lengthy responses. We're going to need, you know, weeks, uh, and in some cases months, we need it ahead of time. So we never wait for the sub. We, we, you guys, you, you got to control your subs. Okay. <laughs> you have to control the sub waiting is a, that language using that language, waiting on them indicates that they are driving this. If you're going to get screwed, like, like generally speaking, am I saying it to you specifically? Okay, but this is a really great question. I'm just saying, if you let the subs indicate things, you're going to, you're not going to be successful in the space working with subs. They're going to just move you around. They don't care because they're quoting all sorts of jobs. So they don't care if they don't quote your job or they don't care if they quote it late or they don't quote it the way that you need to quote and they just give you a price on their company letterhead like they're so used to doing when you need this stuff broken down per the government otherwise your bit's not going to be compliant so you need to indicate that you need to educate that and you need to control that from day one from working with the sub and if they seem like a sub that's not going to be responsive to doing that you cut them loose immediately so that you don't waste any time and then you move on to finding other subs if you can't find any subs or that's the only sub you could find and that's the way that they were you pass on the bid and you move on to something entirely different because we don't want bad business so we don't want to waste time with bad bids okay so you have to really strongly own that that role as the prime contractor i hope that makes sense well better tv thanks for responding derek you got it i asked this question in reference to your lodging bid videos nice nice uh, everything by John. How much are you profiting monthly right now with your contracts overall right now? I'm not sure if you're talking about me specifically. I don't bid. I don't because I don't compete with my clients. So I'm, I don't bid right now. Um, and I haven't bid, in, bid for years. You know, uh, maybe you're newer to the channel. Definitely go back and learn about my story. Um, it'll make more sense that way. Andy Robertson, where do you get the contract that you use between you and the sub? Also, do you have it be net 30, net 45, net 60? So, uh, with subs, it can be paid when paid. If you're going to be reimbursed by the government, um, say it's like a services job, uh, it's typically net 30, then you can reflect that back to the sub. So you want to reflect however you're getting paid from the government with the sub, because I don't want to see you, Annie, holding a very expensive bill or, or out a lot of cash, and then you're waiting a long time to get paid by the government. So depending on what type of job it is, if it's like we looked at a two-week job, the sub has to wait, you know what I'm saying? Or if you're, if they require you to float it, you have to be okay floating it. If it's a service where it's janitorial and it's base plus option years, 
you're going to bill net 30. So you're going to also pass that down to the sub. So the subs can invoice you, you know, so it's always going to be 30 days in arrears. It's just everything flows down. So as long as you're flowing down, whatever your arrangement is with the government, then everybody will get paid in a reasonable amount of time. If you try to do something different, that's up to you if you want to try to float all that. But again, you, you need to also educate the subcontractor that way, because if they're dictating how they're getting paid, if you're okay with that, cool. But if they're not okay with you, them getting paid when you get paid by the government, if they're not okay with that, then like move on from them, you know, you can't work with them. Uh, and then the, the contract language, um, I like, I have templates and things like that. Uh, other than that, you're going to kind of have to create it on your own. If you don't have templates, you're going to want to reflect the statement of work. You're going to want to reflect the pricing cleanse, any of that important information that you need to price and put together your proposal, the sub's going to need that and you need to request that from them. So power solution says, thanks for your response. I'll be sure to look at my business model and make sure adjustments needed to win hundred percent. Yeah. I just want to see you get started on the right foot and that will make you so much more successful in, in the long term. Let's see, Val, I'm a digital marketing company, provide different services like printing, graphic design, photography, et cetera. If I wanted to bid, for example, a janitorial contract, can I do that by subcontracting, even though it's not what my company does? Yes, you can. It doesn't really matter what your company does in the commercial space per se. What matters is the, the bid packet you're able to put together because that's what's evaluated, right? Your, your website is not evaluated on competitive bids. Your company name is not evaluated on company bids. How many different NAICS codes you have is not evaluated. Okay. With, with bits, what's evaluated is your, your quote response, your proposal response, your, your solicitation bid packet that you submit to contracting. That is what's looked at and is evaluated beginning to end. So however good of an offer you can make will determine your likelihood of winning a contract. I'm not talking about marketing your business. I'm not talking about presenting your business, doing capability briefings and uh, trying to build the relationship piece. I'm not talking about going to government conferences. I'm not talking about building out your capability statement. All those things, your positioning is is important and you do want to go into that. But just the the kind of the ugly truth, which is why I have to say it in context. The ugly truth is that the only thing that matters is that you have your cage code and that you're qualified to bid and then your, your bid packet itself, like that's, what's going to be evaluated. They're not going to be, I mean, they can, they can go and check you out, but arguably that cannot be used against you because it's not an evaluation factor. Okay. So if you're in digital marketing, photography, et cetera, and you want to start working, doing legal middlemanning, right. With subcontractors, you got to do it legally. There's a, you know, a whole other way to do that. If you want to learn that and do that, then, then yes, you can do that. Um, or if you wanted to do like a DBA doing business as and come up with a janitorial name, right? For your business that you register. It's a couple of different ways to present it and go after it. But uh, like technically, yes, you can absolutely do that. Kevin Sullivan, thank you. Got to go. Great session. 100% Kevin. Thanks for hanging out with us. S uh, starting how long you think it would take to get back five to 10 monthly in profit with contracts. It just depends everything by John. It depends uh, how long it's going to take you to win your first contract. And how big is that contract going to be? You know, I, I had clients that I work with just this past fall. One, 
350,000 in contracts in our first three months working together. So yeah, like that, that client is very quickly earning much more than five to 10 grand in profit per month. You know what I'm saying? Others or just other people in the space, it may take them longer to do the work, may take them longer to figure out what they want to do. Could be other things going on, could be running the commercial business. So the time that they're able to allocate to this is, is limited. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just these things happen. So I don't know what's going on and I don't know what your ability is to do the work and put numbers on the board and do quality bids and, and be in a, you know, be in a niche, have an umbrella offering where you're, you're having quality bids to go after. Like these things are really, really important. And sometimes you have them right away. Other times you have to grow into them. I don't ever say you should be winning in month one or two, even though I see it happen a lot. It really is like a six to 12 month ramp up game to where you should have one or a couple under your belt by month 12. And then years two and three, they become stacking, right? There's the momentum. You have some established relationships then with contracting. Maybe you're winning additional contracts from them. Plus the new stuff that's coming in from the nets that you're still continuing to cast. And then you got past performance, right? From the initial bids that you won. And that's making you more competitive in your offers. So you're more, you're winning more bids that way. So it's like three or four different dimensions that you're becoming more and more successful in the space after the 12 month mark. If you do a good job, the first six to 12 months of doing exactly what I'm explaining. So the one thing I don't know is, is a person's ability to do that because I can't do the work for you per se, right? Like you have to do it. So, but again, giving you a look at what's possible, my, the one client testimony that I just gave to you, it, it's totally possible. It's just, you know, it's really kind of up to you and it's up to your positioning. And, uh, there's maybe some elements of luck in there as well, you know? Uh, so you got to take all that into account. Maybe not the most uh, straightforward answer, but uh, it's the realest answer that I can give to you. We kind of are out of time today for the last bid, guys, but I do want to just share one more thing with you. Uh, if you guys aren't in it yet, I'll go ahead and share my screen. I did uh, push out our Federal Contracts Masterclass. I know a lot of you are in this. What you really need to know to get started in federal contracting in 2023 I'll go ahead and link this up for you. It is totally, uh, totally free. Um, just click the button to enroll. I share a little bit about what you'll learn down here. If you're not in this, I highly recommend you check it out. It's jam packed with like, it's not overly long, but every 10 minutes we're getting into something new and that's really beneficial. And then it answers a lot of the, the things that you guys are interested in. Uh, and by the end of it, you're gonna have some, some action steps to do as well. So definitely check that out. The link is in the description. Highly, highly recommend it if you're not in it yet. And again, smash the like button, subscribe if you enjoyed hanging out today. Hopefully you guys got some value and had some fun at the same time. Um, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and call it here. So thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you next week, probably next Tuesday. This week got a little, uh, little thrown off because I ended up doing a YouTube video on Tuesday as well. So we should be next Tuesday, same place, same time. We'll see you guys all then. Take care.